put up to our mission. And everything I've said so far is not really my message that God gave me. I struggled this week. I had about three different messages going on in my head. Actually, I had four because I next week has already been working with Zoom. I knew it was next week, but I had three different messages trying to figure out which message am I supposed to preach this week. Jamie texted me yesterday and said, I need a name. And I'm like, has which one's going to happen yet. That's what I'm thinking. So I told him to come and see. The one I ended up I settled with that I feel like this, that God's telling me to, that the Holy Spirit was moving within me, it's going to be telling you to be on guard. Yeah. That you need to guard yourself against grieving the Holy Spirit. See, we need the Holy Spirit to tell us when we need to do something or when we don't need to do something. We need the Holy Spirit to show us our mission. Amen. We don't need to be trivial about the way we do it, but we need to be very receptive to the Holy Spirit when He says, speak to that person, speak life into that person, yes. that we're not just speaking some generic blah, blah, blah to them, that we're speaking Jesus into them because the Holy Spirit said, hey, I know you have an infirmity and you need your hand, need hands laid upon and they're like, how in the world did you know that? Well, the Holy Spirit just told me. So we need to guard. And this goes along with what Freda has been talking about, about spiritual warfare. Because the enemy wants to get in between us and the Holy Spirit. Because if we can't hear the Holy Spirit clearly, how are we going to carry out our mission? How are we going to move forward? Everybody turn your Bibles to Ephesians 4. And I'll start at verse 17. I did not even do PowerPoint this week. But you know what? Most of my scripture is right here. So if you open up your Bibles, you have a PowerPoint. Amen. A true PowerPoint. As we look at this, I tell you the first time I read this scripture, it really hit me. That it really resounded in me. I was sitting at the fire station up in the library, station one on Grand. And I'm sitting up there, and it's night. Normally, I'd be meeting with guys, and all of a sudden, I read the scripture, and it was like the Holy Spirit slapped me upside the head. <laughs> I mean, talking about grieving the Spirit. I mean, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, just opened this word up to me. And I texted some guys, and I, like, you need to read this. See what this really says. Ephesians four seventeen. So I tell you this, and I insist on. So I tell you this, insist on the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in feel way of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, and they separated the life of God because their ignorance in them due to hardness of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality and indulge in their kind of impure purity, and they are full of greed. Now guys, I'm going to stop there just a little bit and give you a little bit of testimony. It wasn't that many years ago I had a very hard heart. That my heart didn't feel a whole lot of things other than hate and anger. And we'll get into more scripture here and you'll see how this plays in. But you can ask my wife if I loved her and she'd probably say, no, he hates me. But I hated my kids, I hated myself, and I pretty much hated about everything in life. And I'm not saying that as a brag, but I'm telling you that when it says don't live as Gentiles, Jamie mentioned routine earlier. Routine's one of my words I hate. 
I hate routine because when we start living routine, yeah. we start living as the Gentiles do. We start living as the world does. And when we start living as that way, before we know it, we slip into a little bit harder heart and a little bit more of that insensitivity. And then we start falling into impurity and greed. That's right. See, I've worked hard in my life. Whenever I was hard and hard, it wasn't nothing unusual for me to be working two, three, four jobs at a time. 80 to 120 hour weeks were my normal. Verse 20. That, however, is not the way you have learned. You have heard about Christ. You were taught in accordance, <clears throat> you were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted in deceitful desires. To make a new attitude of your mind, to put a new self, to create, create, to be created like God, true and righteousness and holiness. Therefore, you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. We must all be members of one body. In anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down when you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who is stealing must no, no longer steal, but must work, doing something useful with your own hand that they may do something to share those that need. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but also what's helpful for building others according to their deeds, that it may benefit those to listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. I'm going to go ahead and go into Ephesians 5. It says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dear to know children, walk in the way of the Lord, just as God Christ loved us and gave himself as a beggar offering for us. Now notice I went two, two verses into that. I want to show you a little biblical study principle. Just because chapter 4 ended don't mean the thought ended. Amen. The Bible is perfect, but you know the way they broke up the verses? Man put that part there and didn't always get it perfect. So those two verses in the first part of chapter 5 actually belong with chapter 4. Just a little biblical study guide there. The Holy Spirit is a person in the power of God. The easy way to think of God is like an egg. You got God the Father, which is shell. You got the egg white, which is the Holy Spirit. You got the yolk, which is Jesus. Or mix them up however you want. But it's all part of the egg. It's all one. But it's three parts. The Holy Spirit is a person in that three parts. The power of the Holy Spirit moves us forward into unity. In verse 30, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Grief means to give distress to someone, to feel grief or to feel sorrow. Have you ever tried to help somebody that makes you feel bad? Yeah. That you're trying to help them, and the more you try to help them, the more it seems to hurt. Yeah. It's pretty hard to keep on helping them, isn't it? Yeah. How often do we do that with the Holy Spirit? That we're trying... We, want, we say we want His help, but when it comes to it, we do things that are grieving the Holy Spirit. 
Anybody parent been parent teenagers in here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar that you're trying to help them because they won't listen? Yes. Yes. Hey, teenagers, do do your parent a favor. Listen. Please. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier on them. Amen. That part was free. It drives a wedge in the relationship. It makes it harder. It makes it, it makes it where you can't get in there to help them as much. How much more sorrow do we create our Holy Spirit? The one that's called our helper, our teacher, our guide, our comfort, but yet we have things that grieve the Spirit. Many times we do not recognize or see that we are causing distress with whom we were sealed with the day of redemption. Verse 30 says, And do not bring sorrow on the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he identified you as his own, guaranteed you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. A new living translation. translation. Think about it. The Holy Spirit is our guarantee on the day of redemption. But yet, we trespass on that the same way we do on the cross. He identified as his own. So therefore, we're not alone. We've talked about God being in us, through us, around us, and on top of us. We've talked about Jesus being with us. Now I'm talking to you about the Holy Spirit being with us. So every time the enemy tries to hit you with you're alone, you've got three others with you all the time. Amen. Besides, you've got a congregation that you'll reach out to and say, hey, pray for me. Yes. How many people seen the text last night about, hey, pray for one of our congregants, she's going to the ER. And several people replied. So not only was Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit with her and her family with her, but now her church family's with her. <coughs> we have the Holy Spirit in us to help us not to make him sorrowful. We're not to do this and us were put off our old way. Verse 22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted in deceitful desires, to make a new attitude of your mind and to put on a new self, created, in, to, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, if you look at that, we need to put off our old way of thinking. We're to get rid of the things of the past. We're to look at what we're in now. We're to move forward into things. One of the songs we sang was talking about he can forget the past. He forgets the past. He forgets it so we can move on. The all-knowing God chooses to put it behind him. To make a new attitude. Many times I know I need a new attitude. A lot of times I know because my wife gives me that look. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I crossed the line there. Maybe I need to do a self-check. Um, yeah, okay. I see. I was wrong. We don't have very many men in here, but every man in here knows that look. Yes, they do. <laughs> and I dare, I won't dare to say, most of you wives know when the man gives you the look. Hey, wait a minute, Jerry. That's true. But we're to go into a new attitude, a new self. Verse 17, so I tell you to insist in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do. We must no longer live as the world. We must live differently. The only thing that's hindering the Holy Spirit to us. Same thing I talked about with God last week. He gives us that free choice.
people ever think about the Holy Spirit having emotions? Have you ever thought about it? If the Holy Spirit's a person, and even God, we're created in the image of God, and we're created with emotions, then why do they not have emotions? And if the Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, it shows that the Holy Spirit has emotions. Because grief is an emotion. Things in this scripture that we need to look at, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. See, I fell in this trap very hard for many years. I've seen abuse. I've seen things that of the world. I've seen babies murdered. I could go down through a whole list. Ten-month-old baby murdered. I pulled women out of dumpsters. And I let all this get to me. And I got I become very bitter with the world. And I come very, very distrusting. And right there, the word tells me to get rid of all bitterness. I'm still, I'm still a skeptic at best. I mean, I'm going to stand here before you and tell you I'm a skeptic. But I don't know how you need to be bitter. And if you stop and think about your life, look at how easy it is to become bitter. Yes. Well, such and such did such and such to me, so I'm going to do this. Well, you're bitter. That's it. Come on. Well, a friend let me down. And I've told you about a friend that let me down through COVID. And you know what? For a little while, I've become bitter. And I realized I kept praying through it, working through it. And I got rid of that bitterness. And I can talk to them. Now, I don't have to go back to the same relationship that I had. But I can't let bitterness take seed in me. Because when that bitterness takes seed, you're closing your hand on something instead of opening up what God wants the Holy Spirit to come into you with. You've got to open up. You've got to get let loose of these things. Amen. The world's full of abuse, sickness, and death, and disappointments. The abuse may be from a stranger. It may be from somebody close to you. It may be an emotional. It may be a physical bitterness. Just saying in my notes, God just told me somebody in here is holding bitterness with God. Maybe you've not received the healing yet that you've expected, or a situation you're in has not changed. Guys, that ain't my notes. And you know what? I'm going to tell you. You can be better with God, but you need to turn around and come to God. Last week I told you you could get mad at God. I believe you can get mad at God, but once again you're going to come back to God and you're going to realize He's perfect. If God's not healed you yet, it's not yet. It's not no. God's healing is true. God's word is true. Amen. If your situation's not changed yet, don't get bitter with it. Just keep going into it. It's real easy. When the situation doesn't seem right to get better. But it causes resentment. It causes a wedge. It causes you to step away. It causes you to build a fence. You need to go beyond the bitterness and mark into forgiveness. You need to humble yourself. In Psalms 51.10 it says, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. Psalms 51, powerful verse to go into your prayer time with. Go into prayer time of Psalm 51. Lord, open up my mind, open up my heart to what you see in me rather than what I see me as. 
reveal this bitterness within me. Now he'll reveal it to you, and then you've got to deal with it. So be careful if you pray that verse. Be willing to let it go. That way you can have that new attitude. Because as long as you're hanging on to that bitterness, you cannot have a new attitude. You will have that attitude with that bitterness intact in it. That, oh, wait a minute. They still wrong me. I can't do this. Nope. Can't get rid of the bitterness when you're still sucking on the lemon. Oh, come on, hear it. Be determined to take your thoughts to the correct place. 2 Corinthians 10 5. I'm reading from the Passion Translation on this, and it says, We demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break down every arrogant attitude that is raised in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and assist at that battle of obedience to the anointed one. Guys, there is no way we can do that battle first if we're holding on to bitterness. Because when we're hanging on that bitterness, we can't hang on to the sword, which is that word, and we can't hang on to the shield. If you notice the battle armor that Freddie's been talking about, you have a shield in one hand, the sword in another hand. You have a shield of faith and God's word in the other hand. So how are you going to hang on to the bitterness? You're going to let it tie on to you and tie you up? Demolish every deceptive fantasy. A lot of times we end up creating an illusion within ourselves. Dad, we're not really bitter. We just, we just don't like that or whatever. Once again, go back to that Psalm 51 and ask God for revelation in it. And let me show you that what he needs to see, what you need to see. Bitterness not dealt with will always resurface later. Rage and anger is another thing it says in that scripture. Emotion and feeling that, that can be immediate and build up over time. A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, and hostility or rage. Something triggers it and identifies it. I want to ask how many people in here have road rage. Get instantly annoyed when somebody cuts them off in traffic or pulls out in front of them. We have to get rid of the rage and the anger. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. It's not productive. Some of us are continuing to work on our anger. You can ask my kids how I was 10 years ago and how I am in this day, and they'll tell you about the difference. My son's been a big tool in me working on it because him and I are totally different when we work on a project. I am a get-it-done kind of guy. He's a we'll-get-it-done-eventually kind of guy. So if I ask him to be a screwdriver, and it's a two-minute job, it takes him 10 minutes, and that very much works on my anger. But you know what? He's taught me a lot through the years, even though he's my red button, so to speak. He's taught me a lot of patience. <laughs> Early in his passion said, verse 26, it says, If you anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Yeah. Stop and think about it. Anger is a foothold for the devil. How many people have ever climbed a rock wall? Whether it's a fake rock wall or a real rock wall? My own one? Well, you've got to have footholds to make it up. You can't climb up a perfectly smooth slate of granite. 
you got to have a foothold. But whenever you do that, you're giving the enemy something to hang on to. You're giving him that firm footing that you should be standing on the firm footing of Jesus. You're giving him a firm foothold in your life. You're giving him something to grab a hold of. Either horse. How many people in here have rode a horse? How do you get up on the horse? Do what? Put the stirrup. How do most people get on the horse? They put their foot in the stirrup. One step at a time. You put your foot in the stirrup, which is a foothold, right? Okay, that example backfired big time. You put your foot in the foothold, the stirrup, that way you can get launched up on top of the horse. And then once you're on top of the horse, do you have control of the horse? Absolutely, yes. So when you're in anger, the enemy gets to put his foot in the stirrup on top and mount up on top of you. If you think about it, the enemy wants that foothold. He wants to mount up on top of you. He wants to wants to take a hold of the reins in your life. Do not sin in anger. Do not sin. Notice it don't say do not get angry. It says do not sin in anger. Yes, that's right. Be angry. Coming up on Passion Week, Jesus took the tables over in the church. He did so in anger, but he controlled his anger and did not sin in that anger. There's a difference. Notice it uses the sun as a deadline. Do not harbor anger. Don't hang on. The longer you hold on to the resentment, the bitterness, the anger, the more, the more you hang on to anger, the more it's going to become bitterness and resentment. The longer you hang on to it, the more deep-seated, deep-rooted it's going to be, and the more it's going to chase the Holy Spirit off, so the more you're going to let it grow roots in your life that are going to be deep-rooted. The more he's going to be set firmly in that saddle to have a hold of you. If you knew a home invasion was about to happen, would you open the door? If you knew there was a bad guy on the other side of that door, would you open that door? But that's what we do with anger. Is we think we can crack that door open. And like I said, I know we're going to get angry, but what we do in that anger is what matters. How we go ahead and take those thoughts captive is what matters. In essence, many of the things that anger us do, they really matter. My captain always used to have a saying with me when I was on the job, is it really going to matter in 100 years? Yeah. Most of the things I'd get aggravated with wouldn't. But he used to always tell me that because I got aggravated a lot when I was a rescue guy. <laughs> we can control our actions through the Holy Spirit. The thing is, we choose not to. A lot of times we go ahead and choose to get angry. And then we choose to get angrier, and we choose to get angrier. As we get angry, it's not wrong to have that emotion of anger, but what do we do with it? I recently told a lady something, and I knew it would upset her. And then later on, she came back and she told me some things, and she vented out, and she said, now it's done. And I'll tell you what, I had a world of respect for that. She went out there and just, I mean, I, I knew it had to bother her, and I didn't really want to set this, I didn't really say, want to say to her about what she needed to know. And later that day, she, she went ahead, she vented out, 
she had a very healthy anger in her. And it, it's done. Guys, that's how we need to be. That, that we need to have a healthy way of getting it out. Now, you know, a healthy way is not a guy cuts you off in traffic and you're hollering down through the windshield and giving New York high five and all that. <laughs> healthy way is that guy aggravated me. Recognize it, own up to it. You can ask my wife, I'm talking about like five different times as people cut me off in traffic now or do something stupid. Man, that guy's stupid. Lord help, you know, about five, fifth time, I'm like, okay, Lord, you need help them with their driving, keep them safe, da 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 But it takes me <laughs> about five statements before I can get there. I'm getting better. <laughs> I am a work in progress, but I'm trying to take that anger and turn it to something positive. Yeah, they just done me wrong. They just potentially was going to hurt me in my life. It's a lot better than what I used to be. <laughs> I'm, I might be down to three now. I'm not, I'm not been really keeping track. I'm just trying to capture that thought. It used to be like, Matt, she don't even have to say that now before I'm correcting things. <laughs> I had a truck pull out from me on the way to work this morning. I didn't say a thing, did I, Barry? Very nice. I was actually very pleased with myself. My brain just, God's working on me on the gas. Many times when we get angry, it leads to brawling and slander, which is also in the scripture. See, the way brawling and slander comes into this because of anger, because of bitterness, is because now I feel like I need to make allies. So Martha made me mad, so I need to talk to Tara. That way Tara understands my point of view. That way... I'm getting an ally. That way I've got two verse one. Yeah. Now stop and think about it. Somebody's thinking, I don't know, I don't, I don't do that. Now you stop and think about it. A lot of times when we get angry, we go to somebody, not just to vent out. Vent out can be healthy in the right time. But a lot of times we're trying to build allies. And now we just cause that other person to start getting bitterness toward that other person. That's right. And that's what the enemy wants to do. Now We've got a problem with anger not once but twice. We've got bitterness twice. And if we're not careful, it'll multiply from there. Yeah, that's right. And what's happening the whole time with the Holy Spirit? He's getting pushed back further and further out of the equation. Guys, we can only move forward if we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. God's gave us the power and authority. Jesus paid the price. The Holy Spirit's right with us, ready to march us forward. But we've got to get all these other little things out. And I know you all are good people. But here's the thing. We all have these little things in our life if we go down and we self-examine ourselves and look at these. How many people in here ever when they're listening to somebody start thinking about what they're going to say before the other person's ever finished with the sentence? Yeah. You start trying to line up what, 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 what can you do to defend your, your position? What can you do to have a response to this? What can you do to this, this, that? And if you're not careful, you'll do that same thing with people. Have you ever just vented out to the wrong person? Yeah. yeah. As I said, venting can be healthy, but you need to be real careful about who you vent out to. That's right. Social media is not the place to vent out. That's the truth. Because how many non-believers are your friends on there that are going to see you vent out? Come on. 
Social media is not the place to vent out because it can cause that rage and that bitterness, that anger, and others simply what happened in your case. Yeah. In fact, they can take what you said and even multiply it and make it worse because it's social media. It's not really clear. Even though the words may be clear to you, the situation is not clear. Have you ever been down and cost somebody their quick reputation? Yep. James offers some pretty good words for us. James 1, 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Mm -hmm. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Be quick to listen. Actually listen, not calculated response, not, not digesting information received, but to actually listen. Receive the information and then digest the information. Right there, that'll help, that'll help you slow down the anger. It does for me. That if you actually stop and listen, it's like you're counting to ten. Spiritually. One of my pet peeves is when somebody asks me how you're doing. But they keep on walking. Yeah. I, I don't know how many of you have ever noticed. If you ask me how I'm doing and you're walking by, I, I probably don't answer you. Because I'm waiting to see if you're going to get, if you're going to actually listen to my response or not. Yeah. Quick to listen. If you're going to ask a question, listen to the answer. I bring that up because we do that conversation all the time that you're talking to somebody but you're not really listening to what they have to say. Mm. And if we're not careful, that leads to misconceptions which leads to anger. One of the other things it says in Ephesians, it says, along with every form of malice, Malice is the intent or desire to do evil, ill will. So anything that we're not doing as a result of the Holy Spirit, anything that we're not doing as a desire of God would be considered evil. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah. We may consider it good, but if it's not of God, it's not good. That's it's right. just the world. So I'll go back to the traffic cutting you off. How often has it been since, man, I wish that guy here would get, he, he just flew by me, I wish he'd get a speaking ticket. He just wished ill upon him. Yeah. Ill don't happy, I wish he did. <coughs> we gotta stop to think about how we wish upon things. You ever make a statement like, I hope they get, I hope they get what they deserve? What if you got what you deserve from God? We're accountable for our actions, but God shows us a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. Amen. So as we're moving forward and we're trying to guard against grieving that Holy Spirit, we've got to watch this at hard part. We also got to watch about how we think about others. The ones that have done us wrong, that deeply hurt us, deeply cut us. There is not a single soul in here that doesn't have scars on their heart. I know that without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. 
But we have to be careful about how we think to them because if not careful, we do fall into that malice category. Yes. Verse 32 it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Be kind and compassionate sometimes is easy, but it counts all the time. When all I had in my life was anger, bitterness, I had no room for the Holy Spirit. I had no room for compassion. Jump down to verse, uh, in chapter 5, verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, walk, the way, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering. Guys, as I close out today, I want you to think about these areas. Bitterness. And I don't want you to relive a hurt. But I want you to get rid of a hurt. I want you to get rid of a bitterness in your life. Ask God to reveal. Because a lot of times we're reacting with things. With alcoholics and addicts, when I talk to them, you know what, well, most of the time it's not even physical. The phys there's a physical addiction there, but the physical addiction is minor. It can be overcome pretty rapidly. Most of the time, it's because of a bitterness, an unforgiveness, an anger, a rage that they relive over and over in their past. <coughs> Until they let go of that, they're not going to let go of the bottle or the bills or whatever or all the above. Because they're not letting the Holy Spirit truly come in. They're blocking it out with all these other spirits. When we was in a Bible study Thursday, and we was talking about having true empathy for people. If you want to stop and think about it, you were probably at one point in your life never more than one or two decisions away from being the worst point in your life. You know, see, I've never been an addict. I've never, I've never been alcoholic. I've been a lot of things in my life, but I've never done those things. But I, when we made that statement in Bible study, I thought back of one point in my life. I was working 60 hours a week, 16 credit hours of college. I was partying at that point in my life. And a guy offered me speed on the assembly line. And I almost said yes. And as we made that statement, I realized that one decision at that one point was a difference on how my life was going to go. Now, I chose the right way by the very scout. What I'm getting at is not everybody does. Because they want to cover up that bitterness instead of going to the Holy Spirit with it. What I'm getting at with that story is, is you might have bitterness in your heart toward a family member, a friend, a situation. Get rid of it. Let the Holy Spirit come in so we can move forward. Maybe angry with somebody. Hurt. Just maybe it just feels like a hurt. You don't realize it's anger. Go ahead and open your Bibles up to Psalm 51. Junior, you can go ahead and come up to the piano if you want. We go into invitation. I want you to read that scripture yourselves out loud if you need to read it out loud. I want you to read in that and just search your heart for what God says. We go through these classes for ministry. Praise God, Throne, Wilson, Junior. There's an internship. One of the books is talking about guarding your heart. 
And that's exactly what the scripture is. It's don't not get rid of wounded heart. Guys, we need to clean all this stuff out of our heart. Not just the stuff that we see as dark, down deep, evil. But the little bitterness, a little bit of anger, a little bit of rage. That way we can let the Holy Spirit fully come in upon us. That fully can guide us. That fully can just take us and show us the direction He wants us to go. That way we can be more receptive to hear whenever He says step out and step into Him. But you know what? Sometimes we're blocking the signal with all this other static and garbage. He's on the other side of the line.